Welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Jason McCarthy. And we are uh, Ember Weekend, and we like to talk about Ember Newsy stuff. Uh, today uh, is our 100th episode, so we're actually going to be doing a little bit of a different format, and we're going to do uh, kind of a retrospective of some of the earlier episodes of Ember Weekend. Uh, something that uh, we don't talk about or haven't talked about on the show is kind of why we started doing Ember Weekend, uh, and, and also kind of like the the early stages of it and basically it was just we were doing ember on the weekends uh from for uh uh for i don't know how long maybe six months yeah something like that yeah and uh we just decided that you know it was uh it was time no, no, neither of us wanted to, to blog and i'd been toying around with the podcast idea so we ended up uh kind of agreeing together over some drinks i think with uh gal who actually didn't uh, participate in any of it right Right until until very recently, which now he basically maintains our back end. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's pretty cool. It's a nice little uh, cyclical thing. Um, but yeah, we uh, we discussed that we would uh, do at least a hundred episodes. So today is that hundredth episode, and uh, I'm really excited to kind of review some of the other stuff. Uh, this obviously does not mean that we're going to stop. We've kind of agreed to keep going, uh, even though we're in different cities now. Um, so don't take it that way. But uh, but we are going to be doing a retrospective uh, just to kind of go over some stuff. It's kind of neat to. Uh, in hindsight view uh, what we were covering and it kind of goes over because we're doing some current events in the ember ecosystem it's kind of neat to go back and look at these uh the things that we were talking about in i mean like march of 2015 and see how things kind of developed over time all right so we're gonna basically start with the first episode and then like roll our way down we're not gonna hit every one of them because that's like a lot of episodes like what are we on now <laughs> Oh yeah, obviously a uh, hundred, right? A hundred, yeah. <laughs> that would be a, there's a lot of content, but we want to just hit some of the highlights. And uh, I think the the big highlight in the in episode one, or the thing that I kind of like think is really interesting, is that the very first episode we mentioned Ember Observer, which is, we've seen like you know change over the over the years. That's Katie Gangler's and uh, and Phil Gangler's um, website that lets you see like what rank Ember add-ons are. I use it all the time because it helps you like gauge what's the best add-on to do this thing. I was using it just the other day for like trying to find like an immutable Ember library and see which one is kind of still maintained because they have like this whip flag or like this kind of thing saying like, right. you know, it, it's kind of fallen off. It's not being maintained anymore. It's deprecated. I can't remember what the actual flag is, but totally helped me find the one that is basically the winner right now. And those ones, it, it, unlike a lot of Ember add-ons, there's not really a clear winner. There's a couple that are at the top. So, yeah. um, but it, it would definitely help. Yeah, it's it's great, and and it's it's interesting to see that that's that's also a project that has a similar lifespan to the Ember Weekend project, and it has been super helpful, and it's involved a lot of work. So, uh, it's kind of cool to for that to be in the first episode, definitely. And I think uh, in episode like thirty seven, we actually interviewed Katie and kind of talked about some of the Ember Observer stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and then uh, so uh, we're like we said, we're gonna go through probably the first uh, few episodes here. Uh, the second episode, we kind of talked about Ember CLI Mirage for the first time, and this was when Mirage was still at 01x, and uh, also Ember Tri, which I didn't even know about until this episode. I remember uh, being like, oh, that's pretty awesome. When um, that's also a Katie uh, Gangler thing, I believe. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool. And then uh, right after that, we started talking about Broccoli, and I remember uh, you were really bummed out. This is your blo Broccoli post. Uh, this is episode three. Uh, your Broccoli post, it went on the Hash Rocket blog, and it had a typo that no one knew about except for you, and no right. one called you out about it. So you're really sad. Well, it's not. It's not a typo. It's a. It's a. Uh, it was a problem in the code. A very slight problem. Not something that if you were reading it to get like uh, information about broccoli, just, you would know. Yeah. But it's something that like if you really knew broccoli, you would pick it out. Um, it's probably not relevant anymore because broccoli kind of transitioning into this new rebuild rather than a read 
function. So you have to go back and listen to it. But um, but yeah, it was. I wrote this blog post. It was it it was probably the most popular blog post I've ever done because I don't really blog very often. Um, well, no, you you blog. You just don't publish. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I blog all <laughs> the time, but I just don't publish them. So you know, uh, go back and go back and check it out and see if you can spot the error. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember you being a little sad about that. It's funny. Uh, so this was uh, right on the heels of uh, of EmberConf, I believe. Uh, we started this show after the 2015 EmberConf. And uh, I think this uh, episode six, right around then, we also went to RailsConf. And uh, this is when TurboLynx 2 was announced. I think it was, I think it was three. I don't know. I don't, was it three? I, it's TurboLynx something. I don't know. It was, uh, it was really great. And we ended up going to a fireside chat with uh, Yehuda and Tomdale uh, that they did at the ATL uh, Ember meetup. And that was super fun. I got to meet uh, Chris McCuller, I believe. So that was that was super fun. And uh, a packed, absolutely packed meetup. So that was yeah. super cool. Yeah, I think we both kind of used uh, RailsConf as an excuse to get to the meetup. Because it was relatively <laughs> close to Hash Rocket, so it wasn't. I think didn't did we drive or I don't remember who flew. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I, 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 I think, think we I flew, flew, but it was a really short flight, and basically, and our work paid for it because we, we we were at a rail shop, so we went to RailsConf every year, uh, and we were basically just using it as an excuse to get to this meetup. That's pretty fun. Oh, I mean, RailsConf is cool too. I really like Rails. So. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, I'm still I still am a Rails fanboy at heart. So r- right, yeah. But I mean, at the time, this is like um, I think during the transition of when we stopped doing as much rails and started doing more of like, like everybody's getting into go and closure. And yeah, yeah, this is kind of, kind of when that all started happening. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Which is cool. Uh, I think that, uh, really the more programming I do, the more I realize that, uh, branching out is really, really good for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And then, and then in episode seven, we actually get to our first, uh, RFC, which is, uh, about routable components. And this was in uh, May 3rd of 2015. And as you know, routable components still don't really exist. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, and then like right on the heels of that, uh, Glimmer lands into Canary. And this is a, right around uh, May 10th of 2015. And this is the 113 to 2.0 switch, uh, which, you know, I think there are many people who are still stuck on 113. It was obviously one of the most tumultuous times in Ember's, most, or Ember's recent history. So uh, I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of cool though. Uh, that was I remember we added the first applause track. I'm glad that you added that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really funny. Um, but it was great. Uh, I remember being really excited about this, and I did a bunch of upgrades uh, to uh, the two um, version of the app, fixing deprecations, deprecation spew. I think later we end up uh, talking about uh, Ember CLI deprecation workflow. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of the way to to deal with this stuff, and, and we're still getting our feet under us, you know. Like uh, this was uh, only episode eight, so so there's a lot of stuff going on early in 2015. Fastboot was first mentioned, and it has uh, a tag that says only the most brave should even consider deploying this to production. And Chase noted that it's still in the readme, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and the the joke at the time was like, I was like, well, we considered it. Like we had didn't implement it, but we considered it, which made us one of the brave ones. And then as I was looking at the readme, it's still in there. So now we've actually implemented it, like <laughs> two years later. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we ended up. I think we ended up doing that 2016, like right on the heels of the next EmberConf after this one. Yeah. Oh man, we've been th- we've been to three EmberConfs since starting this. Or well, I guess right, right. after. Right. And Wicked Goods and And Wicked and so Goods. Ember. Oh man. Yeah. So Ember was fun too. Yeah. That was a really good one. I I really love the San Diego venue. Oh yeah. Um yeah, and then we did our first interview with uh, Paul Elliott. He was our first interviewee. Uh and he works uh, as the I want to say principal developer at uh Heroku's human interface team. So he's doing the Ember stuff there. Um and uh, I think he calls himself a Hirokai. Is that the thing? 
Yeah, because it was like inter- interview with the Hirokai was the Hirokai, no, yeah. Imbarokai because we Imbarokai merged them together. Yeah, something. I don't know. That yeah, we're dorks. It's, <laughs> it's cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was really great. Uh, it was really fun to. We actually got to. Um, I think that may be one of the only interviews that. Uh, well, maybe Paul and Lauren, uh, where we were actually in the same space <laughs> together recording. Right. Uh, Oh, and Chris. We, Chris was at my house when we recorded the the second interview with Chris. Oh, yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it was just really fun. I, I think I still really love doing interviews more than I like doing the traditional format. Uh, but the editing process is so much more laborious. So that's that's why you don't see more interviews. We're trying to move to maybe one interview a month, uh, get a little bit more uh, rapid feedback. So anyways, this was the first one. It was super fun. He ended up, I think he had already left uh, Hashrocket at the time, but he came into the Hashrocket office and that was really fun. And that was before we got nice microphones. We were still on the uh, blue Yetis. Oh yeah, that was that was the worst part about going back and listening to all these because I kind of listened to the highlights uh, and like the audio quality changes and like the echoes or little things or like how we used to cut out all breathing basically like any yeah. pause. We yeah. were like, you sound like you sound like a robot. I yeah, a human being. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got really, so much really better. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I hope so. I, we have been called out recently for um, not called out. We it's been brought to our attention that. We need to do some more audio tuning. So right. hopefully, I think we're going to consult with uh, with another podcast editor um, yeah. to to get volume balance. Yeah, I think I think right, the, the wording so. was was uh, crank it to eleven was like how somebody, somebody said because uh, we've been yeah. we've been adjusting like was it eighteen dB or negative eighteen? I can't remember the. Yeah, there's a thing on the like side. That. That's what we read. It was like the way. Uh, but yeah, I can see how that's definitely a little soft. Um, but yeah. the big thing is we have to prevent clipping. It's weird. Yeah. Editing well, I stuff? think uh, so. Locks, Locks brought up that we should just start uh, compressing everything more, uh, and then you can crank up the volume a little bit more, and you, your median volume stays stays higher. Yeah, we have compressors on each of us, but we need to probably compress around the whole thing. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. That seems that seems good. But uh, anyways, yeah, uh, yeah, we definitely had some uh, some audio equipment upgrades. We got uh, we we basically followed Dan Benjamin's guide to uh, load up on our our podcast gear. We're rocking. Uh, high old PR40s and um, these little X2U uh, digital analog converters um, ends up being pretty cool. If uh, if anyone's curious about the rest of our setup, I have a like cloud lifter and some, some stuff like that, or maybe our editing software, um, just let us know and maybe we can do a write-up or something if that's something that is interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and then, uh, so just going, keep, keep going down the timeline. Uh, there was a component unification RFC uh, that happened right before Wicked Good Ember that Tomdale did. And I believe the component unification RFC is basically like angle bracket components, right? Um, it, it's, I don't think it's actually angle bracket components. It's really just talking about having a one root component. Um, I think this was kind of looked at as a prerequisite for angle brackets because okay. you need that one root, but it kind of never, never happened. Uh, but it, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's not like, oh, we just didn't accomplish a goal we had. It's like there were, there were steps beyond this that kind of this was looked at and then basically, this is what they do in Glimmer, Glimmer now, um, but it never actually made it into Ember. It seems like. Well, yeah, and, and uh, you know that that stuff. Uh, I think I think it's interesting to th- to see that stuff in retrospect because like a lot of the the thought work that was going on during this period of time really is is what fueled the development. I mean, that it was it's all very um, sequential, where this stuff had to happen and these discussions needed to be made in order to actually land like a Glimmer standalone, for instance. Um, so yeah, and then uh, one thirteen and two zero was released, and that was a that was a big one. Uh, we we thought at the time of of uh, the one thirteen two zero release that two uh, one would ship angle bracket components uh, and have one way bindings by default. So um, 
that's yeah that we thought the the angle bracket components and the uh the uh routable components like every time you see like looking back in the history and you see those and you're just like ah i know that's not gonna happen like it it, it, it's (laughs) it's like going back and watching like an old like series and like knowing how it ends and i mean it's it's in retrospect like you like i realized i didn't actually care about angle bracket components i really just wanted the one root element uh, because it makes it so you don't have to define the backing component or you at least don't have to do like class name bindings, attribute bindings, and all those other junk things on the on the component. I really just care about the fact that it's all on what all on the template. Um, yeah. and and so angle rack components is not actually as important, but it's something that constantly gets talked about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean it well it was I think I think it was the 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 main uh like a, a lot of a lot of the things surrounding routable components and angle bracket components were all uh, things that necessitated deep uh, engine style like ember changes like really like at core places um, I know the one-way binding and uh, all that stuff needed to happen in order for this even to be discussed so oh so the, the next thing that happened kind of and this is episode 13 on June 13th of 2015 uh, ember data 1.0 was released uh, or landed officially at, oh yeah wow yeah no no because uh, Igor um igor did the release uh at wicked good ember right yeah, yeah i remember him like frantically like i thought he was working on his talk but i'm pretty sure he's working on like <laughs> deploying ember data right yeah because we were on our way for on this episode we were basically talking about how like in a couple of days we're going to be going going off to wicked good so we knew it was coming um and he was gonna like do a talk on it uh yeah so let's uh let's skip a little bit forward i think uh maybe around uh july 26th of 2015 uh we interviewed sam uh, and I know that that got set up uh, at uh, Wicked Good. Like we talked to him, and we thought it'd be really cool because we were really excited about Mirage at the time. Which I think Mirage was still at zero uh, one X, as we mentioned earlier. And uh, we got him on the show, and we talked about uh, contract uh, contract driven development, or yeah, contractual there was a, there was driven or something. Yeah, contract, yeah. He, he he wanted to basically have like a contract document that you feed to an API into a front end. Um, there's a there's a word for it. I'd have to go and look at the thing, but uh, it was really interesting. It definitely got me thinking about the air gap testing for front end and back end split applications. Uh, so that's a, that's still a really relevant interview. Um, and then we had Mike North on and uh, I remember uh, I remember that being a really awesome talk. Mike Mike's a really cool guy, very insightful for sure. Oh, and then we get the angle bracket sneak peek in September. I don't think that ever manifested. <laughs> you completely skipped over the Ember 2.0 release by the way. That happened. Really? Yeah, that happened. Wow. When did that, that happen? Episode 22. Uh, so that's August 16th, 2015. We talked oh, about wow. Ember 2.0 released. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that and that's when the deprecation workflow was introduced, um, which is the like one of the main things. Like some of these uh, older Ember applications had so many deprecations that the, if you open the console, it could crash the app or like severely slow down your tab. Right. Um, just the number, the sheer number of, of deprecations that were showing up. Um, so yeah, so that was like a way for you to fix change and fix one deprecation at a time what i don't want i don't want to skip anything chase I'm, well i'm feeling we, we, we just have so many so many oh episodes. yeah we, we have we have too many to go through so we're gonna have to skip over i, I basically took notes on like every major episode but we would this would be like an hour-long episode if we yeah we should we should maybe we should maybe publish some of these notes i think they're they're kind of neat um i'd like to actually see that on a timeline um over over the course of <laughs> right space um, in in uh, September of 2015, we ended up uh, moving our entire database of show notes and episodes, descriptions, and all that stuff to use Mirage, and then we turned that on in production. So uh, for for another year, I want to say we used Mirage in production, which was pretty fun. Uh, we have a whole episode uh, at the beginning of 2016 where we talk about how we kind of like 
reversed all that because it was starting to get too complicated. Like we had too much, uh, too many show notes. Right. I mean, because like we basically bootstrapped this with like we're like we'll just use fixture data. There's no point in having a back end. It's just pointing to an episode in a in a bucket on S3. It was all like just a JSON file. And once you until we got to like 20 episodes or so, it didn't matter that basically on every page you loaded all the episodes because they were very small. Uh, but then when the show notes start accumulating, by this time, the, the you could you could notice the lag and like the payload size was increasing. And so we're like, well. Um, we, I think, what was it? We were we were using templates for each episode. Is the, mm -hmm. is the was the real problem? So we, so here is when we switched to having a really concise JSON, you know, object structure, still kind of as a fixture, but being served through Mirage, um, and we we removed all the unique templates and had like a way to render them all the same, which is much more sane. Uh, yeah. And we did this with the intention of at some point we will replace Mirage with an actual backend. Right. Yeah, exactly. I remember I remember the original motivation behind having a new template for each episode is that we could have like embedded examples and stuff like that, but turns out when you uh when you make a podcast, it's better to have less friction in deploying <laughs> a podcast. Like it's it was it ended up becoming uh challenging. Uh but we still had that uh, that JSON file maintained until just a few months ago. Uh right. That that file was 6000 lines long, uh, filled with um many many links and resources and I, I know you did a bunch of the sanitization. Um, is that the word? Is that a word? Yeah, Sanit I think so. Sanitization? Sounds right. Wow, it sounds weird. Um, anyways, uh, I know you did a bunch of the, the work there to clean that data up. And uh, there were duplicates like galore. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. After cool. after a while, it's like you, you realize that even though it's it's a concise kind of structure, it's really easy to like get mistakes and duplicates. And then like we're basically, um, we had I think at this point, we had maybe switched. Like before I... Um, removed it completely we had switched to a database but we were basically taking that file and like giving it to like a script and saying upload all of the things that are different to the database and diffing that was like a problem and getting it uh -huh. to not duplicate show notes and things was a well, problem it's just, it's just interesting because this this was the thing that we're like oh we're solving the problem in 2015 and then you know uh, two years later we're like oh well that problem the solution there needed to, needs to change and it You're right more work uh, it's interesting to see how that stuff uh that stuff changed over. I, I really think the decision to make Ember Weekend an actual Ember site uh, it turned out to be a really good one. Um, I think we could have used like Squarespace or something like that, but I think I think this ended up being a little bit better. We were able to dog food a lot of our our ideas, and I, I know like in episode eleven, I want to say we had a working version of the first generation of fast food with all the memory leaks and everything. Right. Um, so I mean, we were able to really test some things out, which is pretty fun. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, and then uh, we had inter we had more interviews uh, in uh, late 2015. We interviewed Katie and Chris Thoburn, and that episode uh, was really fun, like very, very fun. Uh, but it was like I think the recording session was like two hours or something like that, uh, and and I was like burning up because I record I recorded that one in that uh, that closet because I needed to sound dampen. Oh, <laughs> right, was, we, had, we have to turn off the AC. We had yeah. to turn off the AC to keep the temperature, or so to keep the background noise out. But that means we, you're basically like starting a timer, and you're like, in about an hour, it's gonna be too hot to record. Yep. And we yep. went, we went way over that hour. Yeah, it was great though. That was a really good episode. He actually came back uh, again uh, about a year later, actually, and um, and we ended up playing golf. And uh, I I don't want to I don't want to like ruin his uh, his play here, but if you ever play golf with Chris Thoburn, he's probably gonna win. Just oh so. yeah, he's really um, good. He's very good. 
uh yeah and and katie was katie was on and that was really great to talk about all of the uh testing work that she does with ember try and uh the ember observer stuff and her um her consultancy as well uh, which is cool and then this is this is really interesting so in 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 episode 44 of 2016 uh we talk about a thing called uh, communicating sequential processes uh in ember and it's by alex machiner and that uh that ended up uh, like thankfully being renamed to Ember Concurrency. So that was like a year, uh, a year and three months ago or something like that when we first started talking about that. Uh, and that is now like one of the mainstays of Ember. Oh yeah. I used it. I used it again, like just the other day to solve like a problem that, I mean, what was it? Oh, it had to do with, uh, using Ember Redux. Um, and the fact that I was using a mouse, I was wanting to track mouse moves. Um, and so, I was like basically overloading Redux because I was sending mouse moves that happened like really, really fast. And I was basically easily mm -hmm. able to create a task and say, I only care to record this to Redux every 10 milliseconds. And it like fixed all of the lag problems I was having. Yeah, I I, I, I think it's one of the it's one of the cooler add-ons that's come like that that kind of exists right now. It's just there's so many uses for it and it solves this really weird and hard to reason about problem. So very cool. And yeah, it was started out as uh, CSP. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, and then we uh, we we find out about Ember Composable helpers right around the 2.4 LTS release in 2016. We talk about those two things, uh, and then we have another interview with Stanley Stewart, and that was really fun. Um, I really like Stanley; super um, super like fun to talk to. Uh, yeah, so that was it was that a was really, really easy episode. Like a lot of them, yeah. a lot of them are kind of like um, I don't know. They, they they feel like you go you go into like work mode or interview mode, and his was like super like casual. Uh, mm -hmm. He's just a really like like friend, friendly person and uh not he's not all business that's basically not like, all business yeah <laughs> uh that's interesting um yeah and then uh yeah i mean so that kind of brings us about a year uh right right around uh one year ago one year in um, about a month uh we had the uh the glimmer 2 was announced uh and that was on march 20th of 2016 uh well that's when we recorded it <laughs> it was actually probably plus or minus about a week um but anyways, yeah, I mean, that really, really at this point, though, um, we've kind of covered most of the first year or so. And uh, I, I like I said, I think this is interesting just because uh, we kind of see the evolution of some of these things, uh, even like some of the some of the, the uh, what technical debt. It's not really technical debt, like the technical discussions that we had uh, as a community in 2015 really started to pay up in 2016. And then we you know, you, you keep seeing it get paid forward. And sometimes they're long bets. And I think that's something Ember does really well. So right. I really wanted to talk about this and just kind of be like, hey, like if you actually think about like where Ember has come from and where it's going, it's really um, it's done some really cool things. For yeah, sure. yeah, definitely. I mean, and there's there's things that we talked about at the very end of of the the kind of era we're talking about, like the grand testing unification and module normalization. Those are things that still haven't been delivered, but they're definitely like still in the works. And you think about that these were being discussed like more than a year ago, they were being blogged about, but before that they were being planned uh, in like internal discussions that are, that are also mm -hmm. public. I mean, they're just not as public as a blog post, but you can go to like, there's like a GitHub core notes you can subscribe to and you see what, all, what they're talking about in all their meetings yep. and see the minutes. And it's, there's so much thought going into all this. And so sometimes I think when you're really close to Ember, like when you're, when you're really following it all, you keep hearing about these things that never seem to come to fruition because you're like, you're like, Oh, I want that like tomorrow. And it's not going to be out for like a year because they have to think about like maintainability and they have to really like battle test well, it. Well, and backward compat too. Backward, I mean, yeah, like exactly. Staying, staying compatible backwards is something that I don't think that there are many frameworks in general, like in, in the JavaScript ecosystem or outside of it that 
make the same guarantees of backward compatibility that Ember does. Right. Well, like I, I see it every day because we have um, at, at Q2, we have some like some projects are like on 113, some are on, you know, the, like 212, probably, probably already bumped to 213 and they, they use an Ember try to like make sure that they work with Canary. Like, so some of them are like legacy and some of them are new, but we have things that work with all of them and you can, you know, you can still use like uh, a new Ember CLI with like a 113 app. So you can get a lot of the new CLI features or speed improvements, but still work with an older version of Ember. Yeah. And so that's just, that's amazing to me. Even though they're in lockstep version, like when they get released, they still work back, like Ember CLI does work backward to at least 113. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 really interesting. Um, I also see a kind of a meta trend when I look at this, this information. And I see the trend of uh, less and less things being controlled by the core of Ember. Um, I, I feel like uh, as we push out into the 2016s, we see like sub teams develop that um, are able, they're basically like uh, doing their own like RFC processes and stuff like that. And it's kind of neat to see that uh, that come to fruition as well. Like the planning of like making Ember kind of like the core set of of uh, it's like that's like omakase i don't want to say that i don't want to say omakase anyways it's kind of like you see like the center spoke become leaner and leaner and like more heavily relied upon with ember cli and then add-ons basically augment it and then the, uh, the add-ons are basically community driven uh, more or less and there are sub teams for certain add-ons and things like that um as, as most of you probably are aware of uh and you get to see all this stuff come to fruition as well also i think in 2015 one of the major levy criticisms levied against ember was like bad documentation and i really think documentation has has just become wonderful but like like i use it all the time and i'm very rarely disappointed um to to find you know lacking documentation these days no and i, and I love that i i can search for something and if it's you know because I, I do work in an app that's 113 and then sometimes i'm working in, in new stuff and I love that I can I can reliably go to the docs and see old docs. And uh, they've even started working now in a way where uh, you can, you know, the same link, you can just change the version and it'll actually take you back to the doc if it exists. Some some of them, but they did change the way the docs work. So that doesn't work 100% of the time, but it's yeah. way better than some other documents, uh, documentation I've seen. And, and the fact that there is like, there's a team dedicated to yeah. what yeah. they well, that's, learning, that's exactly but. It's exactly what th- made me think about this is that there is the, this learning team and that's one of the, the, the evolutions, like the core team is basically like facilitating and, and helping organize these other teams and these smaller teams can push forward, you know, in their own way. Um, like the learning team, for instance, with documentation and stuff. Right. And I mean, documentation was always like, I think a thing that was under underrated in Ember. And, right. But that's a whole that's a whole nother discussion. But anyways, I mean, I'm excited about all this stuff. Uh, it's cool. Uh, it's neat to to think about the where Ember has been. I I like that sort of thing. So um, thanks for uh, kind of going through and walking through this with us. And uh, hopefully uh, we will see uh, we will we'll do another episode like this in about a hundred more episodes. <laughs> yeah. See us again in two more years. Two more years. Yeah you, yeah, you can basically like, you could like stop listening for two years and then listen to that episode. And it's like the cliff notes for everything that happened, right? That's pretty true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, what am I saying? <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And if you'd like to follow along with uh, Back to Newsy Things, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Ember Weekend, uh, all one word. Uh, or you can follow our RSS feed at emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. And we will see you in a week. Hey, uh, John, you, you remember this? Oh, God. 
that that's a uh, that's me drinking uh ember coffee by the way the last of my ember coffee from portland super good though i was drinking it for 100th episode <laughs>